hey, if you're a service leader trying to recruit talent, expand your network, collaborate, find influencers for any reason at all, and you're not looking on LinkedIn, then you are missing a huge opportunity. LinkedIn is not just for resume building and job searching anymore. It is a full content creation marketplace built for professionals. My next guest, Mindy Rosser, talks about how to hack LinkedIn to be able to recruit, find influencers, and expand your network. She has some tangible tips and takeaways that anyone can do to help improve your profile, how to send messages that get received, and also you know, create content and connect with people in a way that feels authentic and, uh, as she puts it, not creepy. Mindy is a business owner who helps other business owners, thought leaders, and subject matter experts to have great conversations with their audiences, prospects, and peers based on trust, authenticity, and consistency on LinkedIn. Who does that sound like? <laughs> that sounds like what we do, right? She's worked in the agency world with startups and then decided to branch out and work directly with business leaders on their social presence, building thought leadership and working with them to fill their pipelines with ideal clients through LinkedIn. As an entrepreneur, she values freedom and coloring outside the lines. She loves building systems that work on LinkedIn and testing them to generate results for her corporate and entrepreneurial clients. Mindy is super down to earth. She tells it like it is and really just, I think, has a lot of valuable information. You know, for me, I think just coming to LinkedIn from a different perspective of, hey, this is the place to connect with like-minded individuals and they also want to connect with you. That to me was just a, a huge aha moment. So please join me in welcoming my next guest, Mindy Rosser, as we talk about how to use LinkedIn to connect and to grow. Welcome to Passion and Profits Without Burnout. I'm your host, Jacob Moore. I'm a speaker, coach, childhood suicide loss survivor, and filmmaker who left Hollywood to follow my heart of service. I've helped tens of thousands of people find the balance in their life between passion and profits. On the show, I'm going to teach you how to build a trauma-responsive, resilient, and impactful community and organization, all without burning out. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to another episode of Passion and Profits. I'm your host, Jacob Moore. And today I have a very special guest, Mindy Rosser. She is a, I dare say, LinkedIn guru. As far as I'm concerned with my limited knowledge, you're a guru, Mindy. Is that is that too much? A little much, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I love talking LinkedIn. So all things LinkedIn, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I have to point out our coming from a great distance away today. You're, you're residing in? Oahu. So Hawaii, North Shore, Haleiwa area, if anybody's familiar. I love it. Mindy, I wore this shirt especially for you today. I thought so. I saw the shirt <laughs> and I'm like, you're bringing the aloha. I love it. <laughs> I, I had to. I had to. I'm a big fan. So I've never actually been to Hawaii. And I've flown over it on my way to Australia. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I want to go there. And all my years when I lived in Los Angeles, I was just like, 
just, you know, so close. And I, I, I haven't made it yet, but when I wear this shirt, I just, I feel the vibes. Love it. It's all about the Aloha shirts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So a little backstory here for our friends listening in. I basically came across Mindy, unlike many, many people I've talked to on, on the show. Like we don't, we don't know each other. Actually, today is the first day that we're meeting outside of email or LinkedIn. So I actually connected with Mindy because I used some of the tips and strategies that she, she suggested about LinkedIn in her content on LinkedIn to book her as a podcast guest. So that right there should tell you everything you need to know about Mindy's method and her approach to LinkedIn and the fact that it works. You can connect with great people on LinkedIn. It's possible. So Mindy, um, today we were talking about how to, how to do just that. How do we recruit people and expand our network on LinkedIn? I, I mean, I think LinkedIn is the number one place to connect with like-minded people. It is set up for that purpose. That's why people are there, right? Can you tell us why LinkedIn is such a great place to connect with people? it's very different from so many other social channels like a Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, the ones we think of Twitter, uh, because it is the place where we go when we are in our professional mindset. So when we are on LinkedIn, it's a very different headspace than when we are on another channel looking to entertain or engage or go back and forth, have a Twitter work, you know, whatever your favorite leisure activity is on the social medias. LinkedIn is very different in that when you are coming here, you are thinking about business, about professional growth about your career, about connecting with people that can help you, that you can help. So it's just a very different headspace. And because of that, it makes it a very special place because there is no other place that I have found on the interwebs that is like LinkedIn in that way where we are in the headspace ready to engage on professional topics, on our careers, and really about growing professionally. Yeah, I, I love that. And that, that's really why I love LinkedIn. And I'm, I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit that I don't use it as much as I should given what I do, it's just, it's the natural place to go, but I, I I'm still, I'm still learning to be honest with you. And that's what I do on this podcast is I, you know, I talk with experts like you and I learn along with our listeners. So, so I'm going to be doing that today. We're going to be talking about how to find influencers and recruit people without coming across as creepy. And I'm, I'm really love that setup, Mindy, because I think it's just, it you know what i'm i'm thinking of linkedin now as like it's like the equivalent of a dating app but for professionals right <laughs> oh, that's a good way to put it yes <laughs> because like on a on a on dating like we don't want to come across as creepy but it's just as important on linkedin as well right absolutely that's so we're, true yeah <laughs> we're also going to be talking about your linkedin profile and how to really up your game on your LinkedIn profile and why that's important to do. I've used some of your, your tips there. And then the third thing we're going to talk about is connection invitations and how to actually get people to say yes to the messages that you send them. So let's dig right in. If I'm new to LinkedIn, right? If, or if I just, you know, I set up a profile when I was in college or when I was like looking for a job five years ago and I, I just haven't used LinkedIn, 
it's changed a lot in the last few years, right? From when I signed up to what it is now, what are the what are the top things people need to know about LinkedIn today as it stands? Good question. When it comes to LinkedIn today, it is really different. Even from like three years ago, five years ago, like if you're thinking back that far, things have shifted a lot, especially since the pandemic too. I just, the way mm. that we work, so many companies are now remote now. So there's a lot of different changes I think that have affected it from the pandemic in particular, but also just the way that we want to connect with each other on LinkedIn and how people are using it. So back in the day, LinkedIn used to be the place where you would get a job. You know, you would, you would upload your resume and entrepreneurs weren't really there. People that were like in the business owner space weren't really there either. It was mm -hmm. really used much more as a recruitment tool. And it's still used for that today. I mean, that it hasn't gone away. So that is still a very important use of LinkedIn and a really good place to find people in that regard. But also there are other uses for LinkedIn and LinkedIn has shifted in that many entrepreneurs and business owners are now using it as well, which also the upside is that's great. We can all get connected with each other. The downside is that many of them are not sure how to use it or somebody has told them, yeah. you know, just hire a VA, send some messages, you know, blast people. Here's a LinkedIn list from Sales Ugh. Navigator and send the same message to everyone. Hate, and so there's I so much those messages. Don't we all? It's like, ah, oh, again, come on. It's like, this is something that was used like 10 years ago and it didn't work and people are still Thank using you. the same tactics. Yeah. Thank you. And spell my name right, please. Yes, if you're exactly. It, and my company. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is like, I mean, there's the opportunity for content creation now on LinkedIn. And in that way, it's become maybe more like Facebook or Instagram where you can, you know, post videos and blogs and, you know, articles and share articles. But I, I think it's interesting because like the, the multiple uses, it, like as an entrepreneur, I don't even think about it, but I'm like, well, yeah, that's where I'm going because I want to connect with decision makers and leaders and other organizations and companies. So like, of course I'm there, but I have connected with fellow entrepreneurs as well, which is a huge bonus as someone who, especially like you said, during pandemic, I haven't had that, that camaraderie. I haven't had the ability to get out and go to conferences and connect with people and meet organically, but I've connected with some really like minded individuals, you know, and, and um, now people that I collaborate with through LinkedIn, which is great. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just, it's really interesting. I, I'm happy to see you mention the content. I did want to talk about that a little bit, just like the content shifts that LinkedIn has had and just the way that we can actually get our messages out there better when they came up with the creator mode, which obviously it's not original to them. It was on Facebook and other channels before this, uh, but how they capitalized on it, I think for their audience was really, really good. Like I love the LinkedIn live feature. There now are audio events for those people who really liked Clubhouse or that vibe and really want to carry that over into LinkedIn. That's now available to, mm -hmm. I would say most, at least most profiles that I've seen who have creator mode turned on. And then the newsletter feature, which I really like because it's a softer way to have that weekly newsletter without someone mm -hmm. having to give you their email address. So it's a really nice way to build your audience yeah. organically as well over time. Yeah. I love that. Well, so, so that's a good segue into this idea of finding influencers or finding people to collaborate with or recruiting talent. I'm, I'm going to guess that one of your strategies is around content creation. 
I do love content creation. I will say I, I love people who come up with great content. So for me, finding people that way via their content is one of the easiest ways for me to get to know them. And then also to kind of learn about their mindset, their headspace. I like to see if they're consistent or not. You know, it's like, do they keep mm. showing up or is this like a flash in the pan? What are they talking about? When it comes to a true influencer, what I'm looking for per se is somebody who can actually change the way I think and change my perspective, even if I don't agree with them. So I don't have to 100% say, oh yeah, that's exactly right. But they get me to think about a topic differently and they get me to explore ideas. So influencers yeah. in that way, they don't have to have a huge following. And I think we have this mistaken perception that they have to have tens of thousands of followers to be an influencer. That's not the case. It's if you can actually change perspectives and if you are influencing mm -hmm. the people that are a part of your tribe, people that resonate with your message and really helping them to achieve their objectives. So I think really getting clear on what an influencer actually is, is really important. And most mm. of the time content is a part of that equation. Yeah. Mindy, I'm so glad you talked about the definition of an influencer. You know, I think most have this perception of it's just somebody who's, you know, creating TikTok content and it's, you know, fun dance moves or food stuff, you know, fashion, but and zoom out, like, why is this important to our listeners, people who are in leadership positions and working for public good? Influencers are an opportunity to expand your network and legitimize what you're doing. And like you were saying, Mindy, they don't have to have tens of thousands of followers, micro-influencers have just as much value if they can, like you said, shift that perspective. I like to think of them as allies, right? People who align with your brand, align with your mission, align with, you know, what you're trying to do and you bring them on as allies to help further your mission or to promote, you know, your programs or whatever you're, whatever you're trying to do. You mentioned consistency. This is where I fail almost every time. This is the biggest challenge that I have is consistency with content creation. And what I hear you're saying, what I hear you saying is that if you go to my LinkedIn profile and you don't see consistent content creation, I don't seem as legitimate. Is that yeah, accurate? That is, it is accurate. And whether we want to the, you know, believe it or not, it really is how people are judging because on the internet, people don't get to see us in person. They don't know what's going on in our life versus like if they're coming into the office and we know they're having a hard time, they're not producing as much at work. We kind of give them a break, like, but I know they're a good person on the internet. We don't have that luxury. So consistency is kind of the way that we make up for that in, you know, without being in real life with all of these people. Mm -hmm. And so the consistency is so, so important. And yeah. without it, it's just going to be a little bit more challenging to build that trust and credibility. Yes, you can explain it away. Yes, you can maybe change your frequency if you want to adjust your consistency. So there are ways to work around it and ways to you know compensate for it if you aren't able to be consistent. But it really comes down to figuring out when can you be consistent? How consistent can you be? It doesn't have to be as frequent. Like sometimes we think we have to have this frequency that is, oh, I'm publishing every day or I'm publishing once a week. And that may be too much. For us. So I think really thinking through what consistency looks like for us, we get to determine that. Um, but as long as it's consistent enough for our audience, then we're good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm reminded about a recent 
conversation with Dr. Judy Ho. I, I interviewed her on my podcast and um, she's talking about uh, stopping self-sabotage. And one of the major you know, approaches to stopping self-sabotage is to you know, disrupt and replace that behavior that is that sabotage that's that's popping up as an obstacle and you know consistency or discipline right could be another word for that is absolutely a way to disrupt that self-sabotaging behavior i often feel overwhelmed by oh but i i want to create this and that and the other thing and do it every single day and I want it to look like this and be like this. And um, I get so overwhelmed that I maybe stop and end up not doing anything. But what I hear you saying is it's more about doing one thing, even just a small thing over and over and over again. And with that, you build credibility and skill sets and connections. Yeah. And when it comes to consistency too, there is also a downside where I have seen so many people be consistent with the wrong things on LinkedIn. Mm. And so yes, they're consistent, but they're also not doing the right things. Like they're over posting or oversharing or sharing stuff that is a little too personal for LinkedIn, or they just don't know exactly how to approach LinkedIn differently from other channels. So there is that downside. So I think what I usually tell people is if you're struggling with consistency, realize that on LinkedIn, it can be less frequent than any other channel. People do not expect you to be there all the time publishing every day. Once a week is usually really good for most people on LinkedIn. Um, and then sure. keeping in mind that you want to be consistent with the right activities. That's great. I, I love that. This is gold as far as you know, helping people just get started on approaching LinkedIn. So, so thank you for this. How else are we connecting with influencers and recruiting and expanding our network? There are other ways. So I think a lot of times we immediately, like you mentioned, think of content. But there are also other ways to find influencers, which is actually using LinkedIn's tools and search features to find people, which is what I do for mm. a lot of my clients and people that want to be more specific and not just kind of like happen across somebody like, oh, wow, they're interesting. And it's it's kind of in the moment, but it's not structured. If you are needing to fill pipeline or if you are trying to find a consistent number of people who are influential in the space, you are going to have to do some research and do some outbound. And so that's where LinkedIn mm. is really awesome when it comes to finding people because you can find just about anyone based on their search criteria, especially if you are using a tool like Sales Navigator. You can find a lot with a free LinkedIn account as well. Uh, but if you want to get really granular and you're really specific about your criteria, there are so many search filters in Sales Navigator yeah. that you can find just about anyone. That's great. And so you use a premium version of LinkedIn which helps you connect with those specific people that you're looking to connect with. And, and there's value in that for you. There definitely is. And I think it really depends on your audience too. Those people who do not have like a list, like some people will come to me and they're like, Mindy, I already know what companies I'm trying to get into. I know where I'm already looking. They may not need something like Sales Navigator or you know a premium LinkedIn subscription. But for those people who are coming to me saying, you know, I know my people are on LinkedIn. I have this criteria. I've created a marketing avatar, but how do I actually find them? I don't know exactly where to look. That's where a premium LinkedIn account can actually be helpful. But a lot of people I work with don't need 
that much, uh, you know, they don't need something that extensive as a sales navigator account or something like that. They may have a list or communities or might be able to target people in other ways and find them. The thing is, when you are doing a list, if you do decide to use something like a sales navigator search, just keep in mind that what LinkedIn pulls, I would say at least 30% of the people on that list are still not going to be a fit, no matter how granular you get with your mm -hmm. criteria. So you want to be really, really thoughtful and actually look at people's profiles, make sure that a real human is looking at their profiles. And also, if you're going to reach out to those people, you have to be really, really good about your messaging. Because it what what tends to happen is that people just are like, oh, I've got the, this big list. I'm going to send to 100 people. I've got this template. Right. Boom, it's done versus actually being thoughtful and approaching them like humans. Yeah. And and it's so tempting because like I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I'm, I'm running a business and a team. And, you know, so of course it's easier for me just to blast out an email to everybody that I find. But what I'm hearing you say is that that's not really productive or effective. That is so true. And I think when we remember that humans like to connect with humans. So when we approach them as a real human, when we can actually display that we've done a little bit of homework. We've actually looked at their profile. We don't want to be creepy though. I've seen people over-personalize and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did you find that information from me? Like on Facebook from five years ago, that's a little weird. But as long as we're being appropriate and whatever's on their LinkedIn profile, as long as you've done a little bit of homework and if you follow their content, great, mention that if sure. they have content. But I think it's really just matching it to the audience. And when you can do that well, and when you practice, you have to practice yeah. it though. You're never going to hit it right out of the gate right away. And I think a lot of people try and they feel like they fail. And so they stop. And the thing is, okay, if that one didn't work, that message didn't work, or it's not getting great feedback, then go back to the drawing board and figure out how you can start a conversation more naturally next time. But don't give up just because the first one didn't work. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So speaking of not coming across as creepy, we want to make sure that our LinkedIn profile is looking great and coming across in the professional manner and relaying the message that we really want to share. So what are your top tips for getting attention from people just based on your LinkedIn profile? I love this question. I love this topic because I think so many people forget how powerful their LinkedIn profile is or just don't realize it. It's very different from a place like Instagram where you get like this little tiny bio and nobody's really looking at it until they come across a piece of content. On LinkedIn, it's the reverse. People usually will see your LinkedIn profile first or at least they'll see your name and those first few words of your headline and that grabs mm -hmm. their attention before they even read your content, which you think is kind of the exact opposite. But that's how we kind of suss people out on LinkedIn and just make sure that they are thoughtful, that they are people we want to do business with, that we want to connect with. And so the profile is really, really important when it comes to building trust and credibility on LinkedIn, especially your headline. So I usually tell people, start with your headline. If you don't do anything else on your profile, start with your headline. And your headline, there's a formula. So four things that need to be in your headline. First of all, who you are, whom you help, how you help them, 
and then the results that you generate. So when you can put all of that inside of your LinkedIn headline, you will immediately be very clear on who you are, who you serve, should people connect with you, they're going to get all of that information in a split second, just looking at your headline. It usually takes people a few tries to get that headline just right, where you're, you feel confident with it, and it's clear to your audience. But the key is with that headline, you want to attract the people that would be a good fit to connect with you or be a part of your network. And you want to repel those people that eh, you, you could care less if they're a part of your network. So your headline can be a little bit polarizing, but it needs mm -hmm. to attract the right people is the key. I love this. This is such great information, Mindy. I mean, in that headline, just that little blurb right there, there's so much opportunity to connect. And whether you're, you know, someone who's an entrepreneur or a leader trying to connect with talent, this headline is, it's your billboard, right? It's your opportunity to really showcase who you are and what you do. I, I love those four points. You know, who are you? Who do you help? Or like, if you're a, a service leader, you know, who are your services for? Or who are you trying to connect with? how you help them, I think is, is super important because that's nebulous in so many ways. And then, you know, what's that impact? What's, what are you actually doing and what are the results of that? I think that's fantastic. There's another profile tip that I learned from you. And the thing is, is I didn't even learn it because of your content. I visited your profile. So, so just for background for our listeners, Mindy popped up on my feed and it was either like a piece of your content or it was an ad or it was something, something that you had created popped up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need that. And so, you know, I, as, as I usually do try to like reverse engineer everything, right? I'm like, give me the free content. I want to look at what's out there and I want to like, see if I can do it, do it myself. Right. And so like, I, I looked at your profile and I was like, this is slick, right? I didn't even realize you had those four things, but you did. But the the coolest thing that I saw on your on your profile, and I'd never seen anybody do this before, is you used the pronunciation pronunciation of your name, that opportunity to record that little pronunciation of your name. You use that as an intro. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. That's so fun. I love to talk about that whenever I'm teaching something on LinkedIn. I will usually start with that because it's such a fun thing to do and it's an immediate attention grabber. There's something about, we know because we're podcasting right now, there's something about hearing somebody's voice in your ears as you're listening that just builds that trust when mm -hmm. you can actually put a voice to the face. It's like, oh, you're a real human. You're not just a bot. You're not someone who just set up your profile. So using that audio pronunciation for your name and saying your name, I am technically saying my name, but also just using that as a greeting to really let people kind of into your world and get to hear your voice if they're interested in that. I feel like it is an untapped yeah. opportunity that so many people are not using and it takes 10 seconds. Like it's really easy to do. Yeah. And I was surprised actually how much space they give you to talk. And it's not just like, you know, one second and you like say your name and you got to say it quick. It's like, there's enough space there that you can get, you know, a, a short sentence or a phrase in. And, and like you said, that's enough. And when I listened to yours, I was like, A, that's super smart, but B, you know, I feel like I feel a connection now 
to you, to who you are. And, you know, for people who are in, you know, in service of or leading other people, like what a great opportunity if someone you're, you're looking at hiring someone or they're thinking about coming on your team or being involved in your organization or taking, you know, using your services to create that human connection in just a couple of seconds. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's so easy to do. Just pull out your mobile device and go to your profile and you'll see it right there when you want to edit. Nice. What other LinkedIn profile tips do you have for us? The other thing to keep in mind with your profile is just in terms of how it's perceived. It's almost like your personal website. So instead of having your name.com, which many of us still mm. do in the entrepreneurial space, but for those of us who are professionals or working inside of organizations, you're not going to have that most likely. So your LinkedIn profile is the place where people yeah. are going to land when they look you up online. So you want to make sure that it is, first of all, up to date, because if it's not up to date, if there's anything outdated on there or anything that you're not even particularly proud of or any old work history, it is supposed to be a reflection of who you are as a professional now. So if there is stuff that you want to clean up there or just remove, it's not that relevant anymore, you should do that because people want to know what you're doing now. And when that is up to date and crisp, it just reflects very well on your personal brand that you care about your career and your professional history. So it's up to us to maintain that for ourselves. So when you keep yeah. keeping in mind that obviously it's going to show up at the top of a Google search, and then you want it to have a different feel than something like a resume. So many people will start their LinkedIn profile using their resume mm. to fill it out, which I think is a great place to start because it helps you at least fill out the different sections. But eventually you're going to want to transition it into a little bit more of a story. It's more about your professional story. So how did you get from there to here? Mm. And the easier you can make that for people to understand your journey, because most of us have not stayed in one job throughout our entire career. We have job hopped. We have had lots of interesting side adventures, but when you can tie it together for people, People so it makes sense when they land on your profile. Oh, this is how you got to where you are today. All of that work history makes sense in this context. That is really key. And when you have done that well, people understand literally within one to two minutes of looking at your profile, if they spend that much time on your profile, they will understand your work history. They will understand who you are yeah. and what you represent, who you're helping, the impacts that you are having. And so making that easy for them is also really, really important and reflects very well on your personal brand and also will make you much more effective on LinkedIn. So you won't come across as creepy. If you put in the hard work on your profile, when people come to your profile, even if they had like a little inkling of, is this person going to sell me something? If they are a little worried about that, but they come to your profile and it is very well done, very classy and very showing, showcasing all of those accomplishments, then people are going to trust you and kind of give you a little bit more mm. grace and wiggle room too. That's great. So great profile gives you credibility and it's your opportunity to tell the story of your career. And you know, I think if we if we zoom out beyond resume, because I, I think that's probably how a lot of people still think of LinkedIn, right, as, as your resume. But if you think about it, the story of your career, that's really part of you know your legacy, right? Your your professional purpose and your mission and who you are, and that's that's your opportunity to share all of that with the world. I think coming at it from that mindset is that's a significant shift from just a place to post a resume to get a job. 
Yeah. And the people that are even looking for positions, you know, people who are or just open, even if you are simply just open to opportunity, if the right opportunity comes along, having that already done and having that mm -hmm. story polished and told so the world can know, it's just going to make you ready for that opportunity. When someone comes across your profile, they will say, oh, you are the right person. And I'm so glad I found you. Uh, so I think a lot of job seekers and people who are approaching it from that perspective yeah. too, it's a very powerful way to kind of get ahead of the curve. Yeah. I love that. Well, and just, you know, a personal anecdote on that. I used to use exclusively Indeed to find talent. And it was, it was just my go-to. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. I just went to Indeed and that's where I posted jobs. And you know, it popped up maybe last year, LinkedIn pushed, you know, Hey, post a free job posting on LinkedIn. And so I did. And it was amazing because I got more qualified candidates with that free post on LinkedIn than I got with paid services on Indeed. And it was like, huh, interesting. And I ended up actually hiring someone that I connected with on Indeed. So this time around, when I was looking for an ops person, same thing, I, I posted. And what was cool, what happened was I actually connected with someone who I had interviewed for No Stigmas years ago. And at the time, it just wasn't a good fit for that organization. But because we were still linked right in the network, they saw this opportunity applied and guess what? It was a good fit and the timing was right. And so we ended up moving forward. I'm not sharing more details than that because we're actually currently onboarding. So um, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll be able to uh, share an announcement. But you know, it's it's just cool to see how that credibility is built into that profile. And I think that's the really cool thing about, you know, for if you're recruiting to be able to see that story of someone's career right there. And I, I didn't even put it together until now that like psychologically, well, that gave her a lot of credibility. And of course, I ended up hiring her because I had everything right there. I didn't even have to ask for a resume. But more than that, I get to see the references, who you know supports the work and the accomplishments all there in one place. It's great. Yeah, the LinkedIn recommendations are so powerful on a profile when you can see those because they are attached to somebody's profile. You could click on and go see them. So I think it's just really neat how LinkedIn baked that into the system. Yeah. And it's difficult to get a good LinkedIn recommendation. So when somebody has those, it just automatically adds another layer of credibility. Yeah. I'm getting excited about LinkedIn here. I'm like, okay, I got to go mess with my profile now. <laughs> so Mindy, let's talk about this third topic, sending invitations that are going to get read, going to be well-received. How do we do that? I can say this is another area where I have not done a great job. I send out you know, just blind requests, maybe don't include anything in it. And then I don't hear back and they're, you know, potential professional connections that I really want to have are people that I think would be great to work with. I just haven't done maybe my homework and, you know, send them a great message. So 
what is what does a great message have? What does it contain? Good message on LinkedIn is really about being able to get across what you're trying to say. So you need to make it really obvious to them why they should accept. Like when they read that message, they should say, heck yeah, I'm going to accept that connection because you are obviously thought through. I think what you wanted to say to them, it's a good, I mean, it's an mm -hmm. offer in some way, shape or form. If we're thinking in marketing terms, it's an offer to add each other to each other's networks. And then also it just needs to resonate. They need to feel that you are a real person, that you are not just mass blasting these connections to people. So I like to recommend looking for a connection point. So if there is a way that you can connect the dots for them, then it makes it a lot easier. So for example, when I am reaching out to build my network with peers or colleagues, what I will tend to do is I am a part of a number of communities or LinkedIn groups or Facebook groups. And what I will do is I will just look at members there, especially ones who are posting a lot or commenting. I'm like, oh, they look like an interesting person. So then I will reach out to them on LinkedIn saying, hey, can we get connected? We're both in this group. What do you think of this group? I will usually ask a leading question to get the conversation going as well. And it's an easy yes for them mm -hmm. to accept because they've seen me active in the group. I'm not just like, you know, a ghost in the group. They're like, who is this person? Like, oh yeah, you actually are a contributing member of this community. Right. Yeah, I should be connected to you. I saw your post the other week. You know, so when you are connecting the dots for people and just saying, hey, let's get connected over here too, that makes it really easy for them to say yes. Now, if it's a cold audience, you have to approach them very differently. In every market, every audience is different. If you are looking to hire somebody, so if you are trying to recruit, I think the way that you reach out is going to be critical because job seekers get a ton of messages from headhunters and recruiters, especially if they have like the open to work and they're actively job seeking. So you want to make sure that your message right. stands out. Yep. And you need to do that in a way that makes them feel that you've actually looked at their profile. I get questions all the time or like I get recruiters coming to me and I'm like an entrepreneur and they are like, oh, I read your profile and you'd be a great fit for this position. I'm like, no, I wouldn't. Like what, how, what on my profile actually told you that I would be no. a good fit for that position? You obviously didn't look. So I think when you do your homework up front before you send it and tailor it, you're going to get a much better response to what you send. And so it's really about doing your homework, making the connection yeah. point and making sure that in their mind, it's an, a value added to mutual benefit for the two of you to be connected, whether or not whatever opportunity or you're talking mm -hmm. about actually pans out the fact that they they look at your profile too, because they're going to look at your profile most likely. And they say, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm open to being right. connected in, in your network. Yeah. I love that. Asking that question, what's in it for them? right? What's that value add to them, I think is super important. And, you know, the, that's, that is the cool thing about LinkedIn, that it has that, that reciprocity and that opportunity for people to give and get. But like any relationship, if you're going in there, just thinking about what can I get, what can I take, what can I take instead of what can I give to this person what can I provide to them of value? Then, you know that I think that's the difference between something being well received and and something feeling like like it's a huge ask. Yeah, and I think sometimes people will lead with something that is a little too heavy of an ask. That you know, like either a discovery call or like let's hop on the phone or can I send you some information? Like it depends on the situation and context. It's very context specific, and there's a lot of nuance on LinkedIn. So you do want to be really thoughtful that 
you're not making yeah. it feel like a monumental thing when they accept your connection like oh no what's going to happen now am i going to get like a series of six sales messages or are you going to start emailing me and calling me too you want it to feel very natural and fluid and that just comes down to building professional relationships and how do you build them in real life apply that same principle to how you approach linkedin of course taking into account a little bit of nuance yeah that's that's great i love you know again to take that dating perspective with this you know if you're if you're going on on a first date with someone you're not going to propose marriage right you need to think of it more like courting and getting to know someone over time and building a relationship if someone love bombs you right away that's a huge red flag and if someone does that to you professionally I would say maybe that's a red flag as well. It is a huge red flag. And the only people who will respond to that type of approach, that very heavy, salesy, pitchy, love bombing approach on LinkedIn are those who are really desperate and just kind of looking for anything. And for some reason, like yours stood out, they're like, oh, that's exactly what I need right now, which in turn, they're probably not going to be either the best candidate if you're recruiting or the best person to work with if you are looking to you know, contract with somebody or work together. Yeah, I love that. This is fantastic information, Mindy. I know we could talk for hours and hours and hours about this, but you know, my biggest takeaways here so far are, you know, when we are really trying to find people, doing that through our content is a is a great way to do that. Shifting to to thinking about consistency with your content is really important and then using specific search functions to make sure you're connecting with the the individuals that you want to. So being discerning with that. Using your your profile is a really great way to be able to also connect whether it's that headline message or, you know, using a your your recording, your pronunciation of your name, but more than anything, that's your opportunity to tell your professional story and to really, you know, show people who you are and give them a sense of, you know, your humanity from a professional perspective. I think that's really great. And when we're reaching out, you know, we, we got to add value. We got to make it, you know, obvious what we're asking about or for, but also, you know, a small enough ask that is, you know, going to be received in a, in a positive way. Fantastic takeaways there. So if, if you had, you know, one final piece of advice for our leaders out there, what would it be? What is your, what's your call to action? What's that golden nugget here? I think the biggest thing would be to look at your LinkedIn headline because that will set the stage for every single other activity that you do on LinkedIn now and in the future. So pay attention to your headline and really try to mm. either apply that formula or just create a headline that you feel like speaks to your target audience and really resonates with them. So you will start getting more people to reach out and connect with you yeah. as well. I love that. and. Mindy, I know that you have a ton of content because I've I've consumed some of it. Um, I'm on your mailing list, and you're you're giving me value ads all the time. I'm learning through you know just being connected on LinkedIn. What's one thing that might be helpful for people who are are trying to you know kind of understand how to relate and what's their next steps with LinkedIn? Do you have maybe something you can share with people? Yes, I do have, we can put a link in the show notes, I think, but a LinkedIn profile guide, which will actually walk you through what we talked about today with the headline and also awesome. help you with the about section and then what to do with your first few experience sections. So it'll give you a really good jump start if you're looking to improve your LinkedIn profile. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely drop that in the show notes and um we'll we'll link to your website and all your socials as well. Obviously your LinkedIn. So yeah, this has really again been, you know, a great learning experience for me. I appreciate, you know, just like the the micro and the macro of, you know, the opportunity to be able to connect with you on LinkedIn, know that I'm not getting it, you know, all wrong. And well, actually, I just want to make one one note here to to kind of wrap this up because I I found you and connected with you on LinkedIn, but I I actually ended up emailing you is how I first connected with you, right? I I emailed you and apparently it wasn't creepy because you responded. But that's also an effective way, I think, to connect with people. You know, if if you don't want to spend all of your time on LinkedIn, you know, finding contact information and being able to connect with people. But what was it about my email that made you say yes? Made you made you want to connect? Maybe that's that's a good ending parting parting lesson here. Well. You did stroke my ego because you said you listened to my content and you responded. What was cool was you responded to one of my email newsletters that I send out every week. And so that got my attention because I always look for anybody who hits reply on that because you don't get a ton of those when somebody does. They're like excited about what they read or something. So because you did that, I'm like, oh, you're on my email list, which means you know my content, you know my style. You also did your homework because of the way that you reached out without being creepy. It was just, you mentioned that you enjoyed my content and it was resonating and you are actually applying it and it was working. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, of course I have to talk to you. This is incredible. You know, you're actually applying the techniques. And so when you can reach out, not everyone you can reach out to in that way, but I feel like in this situation, it was a perfect fit. And so for me, it, it was exciting. I'm like, ah, I want to hear what's working for you on LinkedIn too. And I'm just, I'm a super curious person. So when you say that you're applying and I'm like, oh, what kind of results are you getting? So we have to talk. Nice. Oh, great. That's that's a great affirmation. And I'm I'm really glad to be connected to you, Mindy. I'm I'm looking forward to learning more from you and just applying these techniques. I, I think it's it's gonna be really helpful. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. And on behalf of the community, uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. You know, my biggest takeaway from this episode today was that LinkedIn is really the story of your career and your opportunity to put it all out there on your terms. You get to share that story in any way that you want to. And depending on who you're trying to connect with or the message that you're trying to relay, this is your place to do it where like-minded people also want to connect with you. And and I think that's the really cool thing about LinkedIn is it's sort of like a warm crowd. You know, as long as you're approaching it in in the right way, right? Adding value to people and coming from a place of giving and actually wanting to connect as a human being, showing some authenticity there then you have the opportunity to make those connections that you want to make. So really fantastic. I think for for service leaders, especially if you have limited resources, this is an opportunity for you to use LinkedIn to really understand how you can expand and, and maybe fill in some of the gaps that uh, might be missing because of limited budget or reach. So Mindy Rosser, Dot com is where you can find my guest. I will drop everything in the show notes here. 
I really appreciate you listening today and let me know how, how this is working out for you. If you try some of these tips, please reach out, take a screenshot or post a message and tag me and tag Mindy and let us know how LinkedIn is working for you. Well, that's it for today. We'll talk to you next time. In the meantime, be well. Thanks so much for listening to Passion and Profits Without Burnout. I hope that you found some impactful takeaways. And if you did, I'd love to hear from you. Share a screenshot on your IG story, tag me, or send me a quick message. This show is for you, so any feedback is welcomed. Hey, and make sure you're also subscribed to the show so you don't miss any of our new episodes. And if you could, take a few minutes to leave me a five-star review. That'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, and be well.